Not many people can say David Gandhi was your guest in the afternoon, sitting on your sofa, watching the burning fire and having a cup of tea. But that's exactly how my afternoon has panned out. Listening to David Gandhi's story about building his first business, Wellware. What a nice guy. Definitely, we all think we might know this gentleman because we've seen him so often over the last 20 years. But this was a really wonderful moment to get to know the man behind the photo and the man who's looking to do so much good with his new company. It's definitely one to watch and to listen to. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. I'm Holly Tucker and welcome to Conversations of Inspiration. Back in 2006, I founded Not On The High Street for my kitchen table. And since then, I've gone on to launch Holly & Co., I'm the UK ambassador of Creative Small Businesses, and I believe that having a business doing what you love is the key to a happy, fulfilled life. My dream is to help everybody start theirs. I'm here to offer advice, inspiration, wisdom and encouragement. And in my view, the best way to do this is by sharing stories. So I've reached out to my favourite small businesses, entrepreneurs and those who simply inspire me and ask them to share theirs. With thanks to Dell Technologies, who've helped bring this free podcast to life. Here are my conversations of inspiration. So David, it is wonderful to meet you. You're actually sitting in my living room, which is not something I'd ever say David Gandhi's sitting in my living room, but he is. He's got, You need to say hello so that people know. Hi, guys. Yeah, no, very comfortably sitting in the living room. <laughs> kind of in awe of your living room, to be honest, I'm. <laughs> well, I've given David a cup of tea. He's next to Mr. Mudley. And actually... And I'm we never just... leaving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I will be here for the next podcast. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. <laughs> and I was just mentioning that what a crazy time we've had because this is my first live podcast recording since January 2020. And so it's quite a lovely thing to be doing this with you, just to actually yes. connect mm-hmm. human to human. Mm-hmm. You are the world's let's just put this out here, most successful male model, a familiar face to so many. You are synonymous with the fashion industry. You've worked on some of the most iconic fashion campaigns. And so the team at Holly & Co and all the small business community are very happy to welcome you on Conversations of Inspiration. Thank you. That's a nice intro. (laughs) And we'll leave it there. It's all downhill for you. <laughs> Let me just go back a minute because we've just spoken about lockdown. And I read when researching you for this podcast that you spent a lot of time in Yorkshire embracing mm. rural life. And I heard that you loved it. Yeah, I do. We're very fortunate. Steph's uh, parents, they live up in uh, Lancashire, Yorkshire borders. And um, so, yeah, we, we headed up there with the dogs. And I um, I didn't want to leave London. I I, I felt like I was... I've, I've lived in London for Gisner since I was uh, 20, no, younger than that, 18. I felt like I, I shouldn't be leaving it. I mm. felt like I was, I had to stick by it for some reason. What, that it you was, were I, I, was desert, I was deserting London. Oh, really? And my house, it was very strange. But I was also loving London because no one was there as well. Yeah. You know, we were walking across the Putney Bridge during the middle of the day, there was no traffic. And just everywhere we were, it was, obviously things were, were locked down and, and we couldn't do much. But... Um, there was an element to it that 
we were talking about the planes there were no planes there was mm. I was walking on the Fulham Road like, and there were just no cars it was surreal wasn't it it, it was really surreal so I, I didn't and it was quite London it was quite nice in some ways but um, no we had uh, I mean Matilda um, when was that a year so she was um, like two and um, we headed up to Steph's mum's on her own so we just headed up there and she lives in a beautiful part of the peaks we didn't know how long we were going to be there I cooked loads of food before I went froze it all up there and um, yeah we went from there and just uh, I just said to, to Steph's mum right well I don't know how long we're going to be here but what you need done is give me a list and I'll start getting on with it so um, she, well that needs a new fence and that tree needs to come down and all that hedging needs to come down over there and that log shed needs to be built and blah, blah, blah. And I just got on with it. Didn't know how to do any of it most of the time, but there's always a YouTube video to tell you how to do something. It's weird just sitting talking to you about this because it almost takes me back to the beginning of lockdown when I was recording these podcasts and that moment that I was talking to people about how they were. And I had to share that, and this has literally taken me back to that moment where for the first time in my career... I was stopping. Now, it was freaking frantic because I was having to work out uh, how is Holly and Co going to survive? But we did. But there was something about it for 20 years. I had literally not stopped. And it felt liberating. Maybe for the first time in my life, I could put myself at the top of the list slightly, you know, with the extra hours in the morning I found I had to connect with nature, go for walks, never walked so much in my life. Did you, did you? F- no, do the same thing. And it was, I mean, I always say there's probably two weeks of the year that I know no one is really working. So yeah, of just me not having to work that much, not fear of almost like missing out what is everyone else doing and that, which is, I think some, we all probably suffer a little mm. bit from in many ways. And, and yeah, it was, no one could go anywhere. No one could do anything. I mean, the worst stress is as in, yeah, my life is traveling. I mean, that's why I'm working. I'm constantly on planes and I love traveling. I mean, I look at planes and think, I wonder where that's going. I wish I was on it. Really? You know, so I, I, seeing that, I, and, and we still really haven't gone back to no. that normality in, in many ways as well. So um, that still is, uh, that grinds me a little bit because I, I love being on planes. I know that sounds weird to anyone. Yeah. But I do, and I love getting off to a new place and meeting new people and new cultures and just sort of, you know, sort of uh, challenging, that sort of challenge of that in many ways. So what was the time like for you in terms of standing still a bit then? Was that good for you? As you said, it was quite liberating. I think that was... It's those times where you... Like some people understand, so I think your person understands, you've got 30 things in your head and you can probably do 20 of them. You still mm. know you've got 10 things to do, but you have to... But you know you can't do them, so you have to take those 10 things away and think, all right, right there, I'll do those tomorrow or whatever. There's never a time I haven't got something to do. It's just, yeah. I need some time off. Yeah. So, but this time I, you know, I'd finish at the day and I would, dog's been taken for a walk and been doing whatever, Matilda, I'd go and cook dinner. And then somebody, you know, the, the weather was beautiful up in York yeah, as well. And I was it? like, well, just actually go and sit down on a chair and have a glass of wine or a gin and tonic. And you're like, who am I? There's nothing to, like, there's nothing. I I mean, what should I cook for dinner? I go and do a pie. You know, it's things like that. Yeah. Which is not rushing, which my life at the moment is, you know, working on the new brand, but then collecting Matilda, which I make sure I do every day, spend two hours with her, feed her, put her in the bath, Steph puts her to bed. And then on that time, I literally have a a 15-minute nap, and then I have to get down to the gym, and I'm down the gym till 
half past nine, ten o'clock at night. I then do the shopping for you know the, the mm-hmm. family, and then I'll go back and cook myself dinner whilst working, whilst carrying on. I get to bed at probably one, something like that in the morning, really? and then sort of carry on again when That's... Matilda then wakes me up. <laughs> <laughs> you said, you know what? Normally, I don't. I, this is normally a conversation I have with working women. Yeah. Um, but this is a very hands on dad here building a business. I, I'm going to talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually during the pandemic that you built your new brand, David Gandhi Wellwear. Mm-hmm. And I know you've had this idea, though, for many, many years. Actually, I read a decade that you'd had yes, the idea. In, in that way, yeah. I know quite a few businesses that started up during this time. And I think it was. As we said, a moment that the you know the industry stopped, everything stopped, and people probably assess their lives as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a massive advocate for that. That you know we have a very short time on this planet, and when we get going, we realise, and we'll talk about this, that actually getting going is maybe the easy bit. It's yeah. then the doing that yeah, you've yeah, got no, to do. Yeah. Tell me why you think it took you a decade to come to that point. Did it? Did lockdown help you? gain that confidence in a way? I don't think it was confidence. I, don't, I think it was self-administered that I needed to go back and learn how to build a, a clothing brand. I didn't know. It was a lovely idea. Yeah. And I had, I don't know, 15 years or whatever, you know, 11 years in the industry. doesn't mean you can start a company and start. There are so many factors in starting, in starting your own label. Um, and I needed to learn that pretty mm-hmm. much. And that's what I did in modelling for those five, six years. I observed, I talked to the female supermodels if I got to work with them. I just observed, observed, mm-hmm. observed, said, how can I, where, where do I fit into this? Where is the strategy behind here? And that's when you know, I, we knew we needed something like Dolce & Gabbana and light blue, but there were factors before that. And it was the same here. I knew I always wanted to persevere and have my own brand. And everyone else went, well, why don't you go into acting? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? But I was so persistent. I was like, no, I... I, I love design, I love style. I'm not saying I love fashion, but everything, all those elements of classic mm-hmm. cars, of houses and everything, I said that, that that is where my passion is. And, but I didn't know how to do it. So that's when we started collaborating. I did the collaboration with MS. And that's where I went back and learned you know, the design, the factories, the lead times, the marketing, the whole, you know, labels, everything. Not to the detail I probably needed to, you know, to the extent that's why I brought in the incredible team I have now. Yeah. To get me over those little hurdles. And then I finally felt confident enough and it was very successful. I mean, that always, <laughs> it always helps when things are successful. So then we you know, grabbed all that data and knew what people wanted. I knew what, you know, they, they required more of or less of. And then we changed the narrative. But that, you know, of course, fashion then, even in that year, I say year of lockdown, it wasn't a year of lockdown, oh, but it was, but it, yeah. That has changed the way people are dressing. So we needed to, to adapt to that as well. But it was that time, it was, it was one of my best friends, Charlie T, who went off and started a branding agency and in, in, I think, just before lockdown. And we started talking. He said, you know, again, it's now or never. Because once this starts again, I'm not going to get hold of you. You're not going to sit down to be able to do this. So let's put everything down. Let's come up with a concept. Let's come up with the IAM. Let's talk to investors. And let's do that now. Yeah. Agreed. And basically, agreed. And I said, okay, let's let's well, we caught you where we are. Here. All you were doing was, you know, cooking hot roast and uh, drinking between. gin and tonic. So he <laughs> got really you was. at exactly yeah. the right moment. You'd finished building the fence and you yeah. were like, okay. Absolutely. Amazing let's... how creative we can be after a few gins as well. <laughs> 
Goodness knows how what ideas we came up with. The, some be, of the, the best, best chat happens over wine. I'm so thrilled for you just to start with. Congratulations <laughs> on building your business because <laughs> there is something oh, just totally magical why this whole podcast even exists to try and inspire people to go after their dreams mm. and just to not, you know, to um, not sit on something that is obviously burning inside of them for a reason. And yeah. that's one yeah. of the things I can feel about your business. You've obviously been part of a highly successful collaboration with, as you mentioned, huge fashion brands for many, many years. How has this experience been different for you building a brand from the ground up? It, it's not easy. That's all I can, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Because me and Canvas, who, really, who is Charlie T's sort of branding agency, um, the small team we have there, we're loving working together we are and it is a lot about that journey sometimes and that's something i've learned with what i was doing with modeling is is sometimes it's that journey of getting to something and then when actually you get there it's not not as good as you think yeah. but it's that lovely journey of, go, yeah. of getting there in the first place so we are still on that journey and we're doing very well and everything's so far so good but there are so many challenges and then you overcome one hurdle we've come over two big hurdles this week and there's another one put in front of us. So mm. you just keep on going and going and mm. going. Um, and we're all exhausted. I and mean, when we are, we mm. the hours we are working is ridiculous. But the, the, I have to put it down to, again, the, the, the team behind this as well. I have a work ethic. But before that has been my brand, it's been this, you know, I talk about in third part, the David Gandhi brand, which is yeah. the branding side. And that's just me. And it's, I've got agencies and everything else, but... To bring people on and for those guys to have, they've all got a, you know, a bit of the company, all skin in the game. So we're all inspired to make this work. Mm. And there's not, you know, a message that doesn't go by at 12 o'clock that no one answers. Yeah. It's people are constantly, constantly pushing. That's what you need. It's just incredible. And I'm almost apologetic to them. Like, you don't have to work these hours that I am working. What I forget is they have done and they do it for themselves as well. They're like, yeah. well, we, we're used to working like this. Yeah. There's only one person that's kind of like failed from brand, not not failed, but, and it was a slightly younger person that came in and she was shocked at the work ethic. And it was quite amazing. She was like, no, this is like, you know, we had to put a few things on like on a weekend and everyone's working the weekend. Like they are, it's just, mm. there is no switching off mm. from it. Um, so it, it, it's, it's tough. The, 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 the way collaborations are slightly different. Yes. So, and if you're, if I advise anyone, do collaborations, then do I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it's hard work. Um, but I wanted to, and yeah. I wanted, you sometimes have to put, you know, I say it for me, my ball's on the line on this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so persistent in this. And I get too involved with collaborations. So that I'm a part, you know, I'm over everything that's that's mm -hmm. gone, but I never have the full control. And that was what you were looking for that's to have. What, that's yeah. what I've had with my brand, and that's what but you were almost <clears> like for people listening. You were side hustling in a way, not, mm. but you were learning before you did it. You know, I always talk to people: if you can side hustle before you go both feet in, yeah, yeah. do because. You probably learned so much from your collaborations yeah. that you've, of course, brought to this. I know you've put blood, sweat, tears into this brand. And I read that you're actually personally involved in every design element. Things like you've realized since becoming a father that people need a lot of pockets. Yeah. This is very good. If there was ever 
an outfit without pockets in. Then I, I, I became very aware of my hands. And I wasn't sure what to do with them. Yes. So when it came to designing this, I was like, I, I don't like the, you know, I, like, I want a sweatshirt that I can put something in. And the design team, we, we still talk about this, you know, the design team, we were designers, Claire, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like pockets in the sweatshirt. And I was like, no, honestly. And then we designed, we got the samples. And then they all came back saying, God, if we don't wear those samples and we go for another sweatshirt and we don't have pockets, we think it's ridiculous. Yeah. But it was basically being a dad because I've got to take tissues out and keys and a unicorn and a, <laughs> a phone a and phone snotty and a drink. napkin yeah, no, and absolutely. the whole lot. Dad, so it's a... Pocket mad. Like we were designing a bomber jacket for Jenna. I was like, can we get some pockets on it? Claire was like, oh my God, you in pockets. <laughs> you literally want pockets and everything. Take it that there should be pockets design team in absolutely <laughs> exactly. everything. Give me pockets, Claire. That's all I'm asking. Was it important for you to be hands-on in every detail when it's now your brand? I have a team that I trust especially sort of Charlie, and I trust the whole team, but Charlie is my right-hand man. He, he, I'm organised. Charlie is one of the most organised person I've ever met in my life. So I can ask him a question, he'll have the answer. Or it's already done. Mm. He'll predict, and I'll do the same for him. He, you know, we'll work on such a thing. He'll go, have you got that? So it's already done, mate. I'll put it in the phone. Or, you know, have you done that? He, he, we work five steps ahead of everyone else and probably two steps ahead of each other, know what's needed to be done. And, we're both problem solvers. I think mm. we, we would both say we don't mind problems. Yeah. We will solve them and we'll yeah. solve them quickly. They will make the right decisions, but I just want to be over everything. Almost to take, I need that blame. As, as the founder, yeah. I will take the blame. Yeah. It doesn't have to be on anyone else's head. We made that decision. I knew I was over it. I made that final decision. And of course, that, yeah. you, know, you know this. Yeah. Everyone says, oh, that's fine. We don't need you involved in this. And then when it does come to it, they will come to you and say, well, it's your decision though. And no one wants to take that yeah. responsibility in the end. And you do have to make that decision. I, I used to do that at M&S, though, with the employee just go, just blame it on me. If the heads don't like it, then they can come and speak to me about it. I'll, I'll take the blame if it doesn't work. But I love that. You know, I go in the office, you know, they're in the office virtually every day. And, I, and I, the lovely thing is, talking about lockdown, is that when we, we finally got our little studio, you know, we all said to everyone, you don't need to be in, like, if no one wants to come in and work remotely, Everyone chooses to be in. Mm. We work so great as a team and it's so much more efficient. So I go in and I literally sit by everyone and they take me through all their different parts, the design from mm. marketing to Charlie to Izzy, who you met outside. And um, I go off my merry way and uh, they, they sort of carry on and I go and do my bits and meetings and carry on from there. I saw a beautiful photo on on Instagram with you and your team. And it was this, I think it was black and white. And you all looked bloody exhausted and I could sort of sense it from that photo and what you wrote that this is your group of people your community you've got a group of you that are in it together that you're not on your own like maybe in your whole career it's been you whereas now it's you've got a team and that must just feel really nice I always make sure and I've done this uh with the modeling side and then and I as I said the, the the David Gandhi sort of branding side is that wouldn't have been possible without the team I had at Select Model Agency. Even to the extent that when I went into this, someone put me in for his competition, uh, for the modeling competition, is my name was on the no pile for me to go forward for the next round. And it was Heidi, who is my agent still today, who went past, literally just going to the loo and went, why the hell he's on the no pile, he's on the yes pile. That was like the serendipity of like oh that moment. God. She's still my agent today. So her and Tanya, especially Tanya, and Tanya, Tanya was the person I went to. 
after five years and said, I'm done. I don't want to. And she said, but you're earning good money. You're doing, you know, you're in a position that most guys would love to be in, doing these catalogs, traveling. I said, it's just not what I want to do, Tan. I want to, you know, I want to work with the best. I, I can see the gap in the market. I can know. And, and that's, she called it and said, right, okay, this is what we have to do. If you want that, that's what we're going to have to do. Um, yeah, and she set the strategy from how to get it. And, and she was the one. And everyone used to say, God, you're so Ralph Lauren, you're so Amani, I'm sure you'll get those campaigns. And she's said from day one, you're Dolce & Gabbana, you're Dolce & Gabbana, you're Dolce & Gabbana. Really? Oh. And we got Dolce & Gabbana and got light blue. So there's moments in life, and so that was the team. And I used to push them hard. I mean, mine and Tandy's arguments are legendary within Select. We have a good... And we respect each other like that. Yeah. That's a way of, you know, we... But I don't have a respect for... You know, I have such huge respect for her. It sounds weird, I think. You know, a lot of people think that nowadays, like, to shout and to scream and to have a... Sometimes you both need to get it out. Yeah. It's it's how it's done. As long as you know that it's the, you're in both safe, respectful. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and, and it's mad sometimes that we, we do that. And sometimes, you know, when we're... But it's... we're. Straight away, five minutes later, we're best mates again. There's no grudges. Yeah. There's nothing else. So I've always had this team. So I've always said we, like the royal we, which sounds yeah. wanky sometimes, but I make sure it's never me. And I don't like people going me, my brand. But there's always teams yeah. behind the brand, yeah. um, behind the company. So I always make sure it's we, 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 and it is a, you know, a we and effort. It, yes, it was a lot more solitary when it was... Is David Gann, and that's my brand. But now, Wellware is a big, massive team yeah, effort. Yeah, it's a team effort. Well, yeah. I just absolutely love that photo. I could, I could feel. We were exhausted. I mean, I that, could, that was I don't know nine o'clock at night. I don't even know what it's on ten o'clock at night, and we'd press go, pretty much, and it'd be an. <laughs> well, I think we, you know, I, I got in in the morning, and then Charlie and all the guys were in first, and I, I literally went, "Well, it should take like probably two or three hours to get going," and they literally went, "Oh God, right, here's the list. It's gone wrong this morning, right?" <laughs> and, and we thought we were going to might go for lunch, so we lunch, go and have a glass of champagne, something. And there we were at nine o'clock, and we finally said, right, go. Let's yeah. press the button, and we're, we'll get there. Tell me, um, your brand now has your DNA in it. It's going to be maybe a different world to what you were used to, because I've always find as a founder, you've got to be much more vulnerable. Like, you've slightly got to be more open it's your money it's your brand it's everything it's your dream that you've had for a decade how has that impacted you in terms of pressure that you're putting on yourself because you're someone I think probably puts a lot of pressure on yourself anyway yeah I remember I said you know about being criticized or pressure I said no one puts any more pressure on me than myself at the end of the day it's difficult in the fashion world you're always at uh, or it's not being center of attention but you are you are judged on you, the way you look, the way you're dressed. Everything is judged from an outsider's point of view in many, many ways. I think it's why I've always kept my private life very private because mm. that's just me. I feel like there's still a part of me and yeah. my family. It's just for us yeah, and not for the outside world. I've had to, there's definitely more I've had to open up to, you know, with David Gandhi Wellware. And people are seeing a different side. You know, people are like, well, we actually smile for her. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm happy. He can. Like doing this, smile. you know, this is like I... <laughs> You know, to to build this set with all these models, having a great time. You just saw me constantly having this smile on my face, because it is a for for once I'm, you know, in total, I say control. Yeah. But yeah. that is, but that is it. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I'm loving that part of it. Yes, the DNA. 
the, the DNA is in this because it's the fashion brand is built really well. It's built on credentials of things that I've learned, but how I've taken into uh, in, into the fashion industry. I don't have a personal stylist. Never have. Mm. You know, it's I make people wow. laugh when people the expectation for how long does it take to get ready for red carpet? Twenty minutes. I haven't got time. Like, yeah. What are you wearing to it? I don't know. I'm sure I've got something in the. It's like yeah. that, and people don't expect you. Know, and there are people that their their week will be. I'll go and get the tan. I'll go and get my hair cut for the British Fashion Awards. I'm going to get this done, and my stylist will come, and I'll choose all the stuff, and then it will all get tailored, and then they'll come. Oh all my, my glam team will come around, and then. God. And I've seen it happen. I'm like, my God, how how do they have that time? But that is the world we live in because everything's yes. so visual with yes. social media now. Um, something I'll never get used to. So it's. But my sort of credentials on that is is that I've never say I'm trend driven. It's about sort of good quality mm. in everything. And it's about sort of style credentials of, of that and things that last. Big believer, and that's what we're trying to put with Wellwear is that, you know, people think we're a bit strange. We're saying you don't need to buy as much. In the fashion industry, we are, we are part of whether people like to admit it or not, have a massive impact on the environment. Mm. And that needs to change. And that needs to change from brands and that needs to change from consumers. Mm. It's buying a fast fashion getting rid of dispo, you know, disposing of something that's been worn a couple of times. We really have got to change that. And we have to realise this now. It's all going, I know this is a bit serious, but it actually it is. No. Because we are. This is, this is where well, it's and different. There's this psychological impact that, that people don't realise as well is you get high um, from retail therapy. We all know that. I'm actually quite aware of that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, think, I think we all are. Yeah. And then, but then you have this clothing that doesn't last. It doesn't wash well. Mm. Holes become very thin, so yeah. you can't wear it. Or, and then you realise that you're just chucking it, you have to chuck it away and where's it going to go? And then you have this quite a low from losing that clothing, from knowing yeah. it's not environmentally clear. So you need to even that out a little bit. This was obviously very important to you when building your brand. You know, so there's this wellness element to your brand. Talk to me about that because have you gone through times that are darker periods of times in your life. Is this an important element of your brand? Do you want people to feel comfortable doing good almost by buying it? Every part about it I wanted to be positive from the people working there, from the campaigns, from the, sh- you know, from the, the, you know, the shoots, yeah. from people going online and seeing that material and people smiling and having a good time. And it's all about we're dancing and we're laughing. I hope it's positive for positive buying experience, to getting the clothing, loving the clothing, realizing that we're, we're definitely not a sustainable brand, but we've done everything we can at the moment to make it sustainable as, as, as possible, to have that positivity behind that from the first wash and when it comes out and it hasn't shrunk and it hasn't faded too much or all those different things. They're very tough things to get right. But, and then that item lasting you, you looking at it next year and thinking, That's, that looks as good as good as new it will never look as good as new but you know it's still yeah. lasting it still looks good and those you know, design credentials of a sure collar and all those elements that we've put in there I'm just asking people to trust us at the end of the day mm-hmm. there are so many things you have to think about I mean if you go on you know uh, uh, mention this is this is one of our credentials of, of, of uh, or elements of what I wanted to get away from is if you go on a website now and you put I want to buy a white t-shirt there's page one of seven from 30 pounds to I don't know Seventeen hundred pounds. Yeah. You know, you can get ridiculous, and you're like, "Well, where? You know, there's so much. Where do you go? And like, how do you, do you buy it? Yeah. 
well, why don't someone just build the ultimate? Yeah. And that's what we kind of looked at. So yeah. the ultimate T-shirt, the ultimate sweatshirt, the ultimate hoodie, and all those elements of, well, is it sustainable? Will it last? Do we like the colours? Is it, you know, uh, the price point good? Can I get it delivered around the world? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, mm. We all tick these boxes. No, you can't please everyone. Of course, you know, that's impossible. Mm. But we have hopefully ticked those boxes that I think people will appreciate. And we're getting lovely feedback at the moment. We are getting very, very positive oh, feedback. It's, it... And it's just people are happy seeing the brand thinking, and they're like, well, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's not taking anything too seriously. And that's something else we want to bring into it. It's like, I don't think I've ever felt like I fitted into the fashion industry. And that's one of the things is I'm always always up for a giggle. I'm always up for a laugh. And I think the fashion industry may be a little bit guilty of taking itself too seriously at times. So it was that element to it that we wanted a bit of tongue-in-cheek, fun laughter with, with well wear as well. It's clothing. Let's have a nice time. Let's let it all be positive. Yeah. And we wanted that into the creative as well. And we've still got loads of stuff for next year to really sort of emphasise. Well, you've that. only just begun. We're only five five, yeah. five weeks old. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, exactly. I, it's five I think weeks you're old. You're so I, used I've, to talking I've about large years. department stores and things like that. It's like, David, five weeks old. You, you're know, doing freaking well here. We're working with our partners at Dell Technologies to empower small businesses across the UK with the tools and knowledge they need to thrive. Every week, we bring you the Small Business Pharmacy Live to help you navigate your business journey, covering a huge range of topics. Here I am talking to Sally Wilson, founder of Caterpillar Cross Stitch, about the art of hiring employees and recognising what their role is. Your question is about basically giving up some management level, getting someone in and giving yourself a moment. And I know that pain. Right. I know that feeling. I really, really do. One of the things I would just say is I think we forget the magic in us founders. We slightly think that we can be replicated and we actually want to be replicated. You'd like to clone yourself, wouldn't you? And just, you know, that would be ideal. The thing is, you can't. I've seen it time and time again when founders try and do this and it doesn't work out. One of the things I'm being coached on at the moment is what do I bring the business that literally no one else could do? Mm. I mean, obviously, there's something called Holly and Co and you and me being on here. But that's something that I can do that no one else could. Mm -hmm. So if you can then distill absolutely what you can give away into a job description, it's fantastic. For the latest lessons, advice and insights, join me every Wednesday at midday live on my Instagram. You can also visit holly.co slash hub for my business advice hub, a free online resource thanks to Dell Technologies filled with content from myself and some of our small business community sharing lessons from our journeys to help you navigate yours. And with a continued commitment to empower you, every week Dell are giving away one tech in a box. For a chance to win a brand new XPS laptop and a whole host of other goodies, head to holly.co slash get involved with thanks to Dell Technologies. Now let's get back to our conversation of inspiration. I believe in emotional connection, emotional commerce. I think that is where I've seen my own successes is because I have a complete connection with my customers genuinely. You have a genuine connection and then the rest follows. 
And you think about men in this day and age, and you think about one in eight men suffer with their mental health. Suicide rates for men are three times more than women. And I know that this is something that you've been thinking about. And it's that, that it's a brand, or I think it's a brand that then ultimately could grow into something that deals with your essentials, which is almost the closest part to your heart and the closest part to you. And then actually what you could do with that brand. And I think that that's going to be the interesting thing of brands of the future is what we use our company, especially when our names are slapped onto them, what we use our companies for. What do you think about that? Oh, I'm, I'm true believer in it. Holly and I have always done that with uh, as soon as I could with using my name is work with charities I've wanted to, you know, uh, Battersea and Achievement for All and and um, Style for Soldiers. Style for Soldiers is a great example. So Emma Willis on German Street started making soldier, uh, started making the ex-servicemen um, and women shirts. That's which is shirt maker. Um, and these, the ex-servicemen and women were terribly, terribly injured from Afghanistan, from Iraq. And when I say terribly injured, you know, they're don't have some legs, some that mm-hmm. half a face, no eyes. They were inspirations to me. They still are. I've got the Christmas party on Thursday. When are you going to meet these? And I've not heard one of them ever complain. All they want is opportunity because they have to come back into civilian life. Yes. And Emma made sure that they were kitted out in the best they... And the amount of letters that said, we did not understand why you wanted to make us shirts. Why do we need a shirt? And then she started working with lots of other. We were bought in Huntsman. I bought an M&S actually when I was working at M&S and now it's Reese and Rossman Bromley and all these different brands. And the amount of letters then said, we were walking to interviews, we were walking to speeches we had to make. We were this positivity of knowing that we were the, the best dressed in there just gave us a, a level that we'd never thought we could get to before. And, she, and, and Emma just has you know, just hundreds of these letters. And that's the power of fashion of that positivity, mm. that's the power of clothing. And a lot of people don't realise the impact it has. We wear it every day. What's yes. one thing we do every day? We put on clothes, Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and I'm Some in, don't. Well, I, you like. know what I mean? <laughs> if anyone looked at my history in the morning, they didn't, wouldn't thought I'd wear any clothes whatsoever. But that is it. And that positive impact from that clothing and that confidence you get of walking and feeling, like that doesn't matter whatever you find. I always say to people, they say, what's in fashion, what's in trends? I say, I don't know. What, what do yeah. you feel comfortable in? What, what gives you that confidence? And they may say, I just have the confidence to, to know what works for you and to pull it off. And doesn't I love individuality. Always have. That's what Britain's known for. Yeah. That's what the British you know, fashion yeah. industry is known for, individuality. We set the trends for the rest of the world at the end of the day. And we've lost that along the way somewhere in, in many ways. And we, But we've lost our, you know, we, we say we're, you know, sort of, you know, there's a lot of we've lost our feeling with clothing it's mm. about impact if you look at the red carpets and all these different things at the moment of premieres can you say it's actually style many people say it's for it's these eye-opening looks that you think oh, is that it's an instagram shot isn't it it's an instagram shot there you go that's exactly yeah. it it's to cause as much press coverage as yeah. possible much attention as possible yeah and then you look back at the yeah. greats, the stylish people, the Kerry Grants, the Paul Newmans, the Steve McQueens, we go, we still go on about them. But even if you look at the, you know, who I perceive as uh, sort of modern-day greats, you know, sort of Tom Ford, Ryan Gosling gets it very well, look what they wear. It's, it's style. 
Yeah. It's understated. It works for them. And they do. And Tom, I was there next to Tom Ford once and he said, Do I have I said, What do you wear every day? You know, what you know, going to events, doing this. He said, sometimes I have I I love them so much, I have my ten suits, my ten shirts, and I wear the same thing. That's it. And I'll go and change into the same suit, same shirt, just a different evening. And that sort of resonated with me. Yeah. You should never be afraid to maybe you just know what works for you and you carry on. I'd given an example a guy the other day who was asking me advice and I said do me a favour. I said, I, I go and judge the Cartier, very fortunate going to judge the, the Cartier um, Star Deluxe Awards every year at Goodwood. I said, go back the last five years. I'm wearing virtually exactly the same thing in different colours because every year I know that works for that event. Yeah. Every year. And he, and he sort of jokingly went back. He went, yeah, I've just noticed you do. You wear the, the sort of safari you know, sort of jacket, the shirt and tie and the relaxed pair of light trousers. I like, yep, every year. Same thing. And this is the thing, you can always take it back to someone's, you know, from interiors, as you said, to cars, to style, to what you're doing today. This is your diamond and almost potentially what you're now building is going to be the hardest place you'd ever be in, but the happiest place you're going to be in. Because almost in a way, and I don't think the word control is bad, but, you know, having something that is in your world, you've created it, you've built it, and it is all about your passion place. It's all about... Yes, the, the outlook for that. The thing that, that you love. Ways. Yeah. Tell me when you think about the future, because it's five weeks, okay? So we're not five years. <laughs> we're like, what about five months, eh? What's happening in five we're, months, yeah, I mean, five we're, years? We're, we're already there. You have to in the fashion. Yes, now, of so, course. You must be designing some... So we're... I mean, we've got a meeting on uh, next week of buying stuff in June. We've already designed it for summer, and then we'll be on to winter. So we've done the February winter twenty two. Yeah, and yeah. Then we've we've done our summer. It's hard though, isn't it? Because you've at five weeks old, yeah. you have to be. This is these beginning roller coaster moments mm. where you are putting your money where your mouth is yeah. for a summer when you don't even know if you've got through. No, I'm not saying get through the winter, but that's. That's, oh, yeah, that's why fashion industry is super difficult. It's the long-term betting that you've got to do. We're slightly different in a way that we're not trend-driven because we're essentials. So it's not like we have to... What you see, as you said correctly, are, are the essentials that are never going to go away. Mm. So people understand what the brand stands for. Mm -hmm. The T-shirts, the sweats, the, the fundamentals of the brand is in what we have created in these first fans, that's, that will never go away. And I don't yeah. want them to, because I don't like brands who create something and you finally get that brand that do the best sweatshirt or the best T-shirt yeah. and, and then they change it. So essentially everything you see is going to stay and we can now add to that. Now we, I sort of understand now that you know, people are they're either going back to work or they are going back to work or they're going to go back into the office a little bit more and they need to blend that. Yes. They need to, this, the, the formal idea of this uniformal suit. I've a lot of people say the suit's dead, the suit's not dead. The tie might be dead. I yeah. have to say that, it really yeah. might. But that idea of the form, we're always going to go to weddings, we're always going to have yeah. Um, yeah. black tie dinners. Yeah. Um, but if you look at, you know, like fashion awards I was at last week, I was probably only one of many, you know, one of the red carpet in traditional I saw. Uh, black tie. Yeah, and that was I it. saw what everyone else was wearing. My God. I mean, everyone thought it was weird I was wearing a coat. I mean, it was like zero <laughs> degrees. <I> mean, <laughs> and apparently I'm the mad person, but there you go. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you're planning so much in advance. So, we're, we're, so, so yeah, we are, 
we see that getting where I want now to, to we, we're going much more into everyday where we are everyday but what we want to go is, is, is more streetwear more everyday wear for that you know to get away from not to get away from it but um, those credentials of, of just you know sort of sweats and loungewear and everything else which we're not anyway but really helping that guy sort of what do you wear to go into the office and use you're still comfortable you're still positive yes. but it's not a suit but you can mix it with a suit I don't expect any of our outfits to go, you can be solely in our outfits. Yeah. But or every outfit during the day, you can fit a piece of well-wear into, whether it being a T-shirt or the short collar I've got in or a sweatshirt or the loungewear or the sweatpants. You know, it's, and now we've done the bombers and the gilets. And then, you know, we're going into much more sort of outdoorsy stuff for oh. next year. And then we've got the summer stuff coming, which I'm really excited about. Do you feel... Um, insecure sometimes or do you have the imposter syndrome at oh, all? Oh god yeah. yeah yeah speaking about this the other day the imposter syndrome. Because it's it's normally something that certainly I talk about that predominantly is spoken about with women mm. but actually the imposter syndrome it doesn't know who it inflicts itself on because no. it's just there if you are pushing boundaries or you're doing something on your own yeah. it sort of comes with the territory yeah. so a lot of people potentially would see you, you're outside your vessel that mm. you've worked so hard on all your life. This has been your career. Tell me about this imposter syndrome, because is it about being found out? Absolutely. Yeah. Still have that in the fashions, you know, I mean, because I never aspire to be in the fashion industry. So you feel an imposter from being there. I mean, I, I still felt like, I've, I've, I've been to the you know, British Fashion Awards many times. I still felt like an imposter being there. Right. Like it, it's very, it's a very strange feeling. But I know a lot of people have it. And this is, this is a thing that I, I think I was, Ryan Reynolds has come out and talked about anxiety. And for him talking about that, because he said he overworks, he overcommits, he doesn't sleep. And I was like, literally, it was like a, listening to yourself. Like looking in the mirror, I was like, God. And he said, it's, that's like anxiety. He said, it never grabs hold of me, you know, to that month. But I've been through darker times. And I realised that was exactly it. Do you feel that along with the imposter syndrome, I think another thing, and certainly, uh, again, not the same as David Gandhi, but doing Holly & Co, for me, after Not on the High Street, I just knew I would have a lot of people, I don't mean wishing me not well, but I don't know if it's British or whatever, they would quite enjoy if I fell flat on my face. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 was, it was that sort of thing. And I think that that's also fuels the imposter syndrome or fuels the anxiety, actually, because you're just, you sort of know that there are people there who can very quickly say, David, he worked in the fashion industry. Now he's in, now he thinks he can do this. Or Holly, she had not night. Now she thinks she can. What do you feel about that? Because I almost feel like we have thick skin. It's all fine. We're going to be all right. But there's an element of truth, isn't there? That there are those people out there. Does that fuel you? Um, yeah, it's a fuel for me to succeed like that. Or come up in people in business or other brands and they're like, oh, I think you know what you're doing. I'll be like, well, yeah, I do. And I'll go and prove it. Maybe not for a few years, but I'll, I'll get there. Don't worry. I, I probably think we could all, in some ways, I think there's always there's a bit of jealousy in everyone. And I think yeah. we could always look at people and go, oh, you know, and I I know I, I can be like it. Where I sort of go, you know, why, why are you pleased that 
that hasn't worked or that you know for someone else and then I think I've taught myself not to be like that and I've I just want to for a lot of the time I never want to bring people down a lot of people do there's there's a way of it that there's the you know these remarks and I would go my grandma always she's got nothing nice to say don't bother saying it yeah isn't it going yeah. back to those oh those things that we were brought yeah, up yeah. with it's exactly it's and so many people have these little remarks and I, I even if I don't you know, agree with, not agree with someone, like something that someone's done. Someone can be like, what do you think of my outfit? And I'll be like, yeah, I think it's great. I think you, are you have, ha- great. If you're happy, I'm happy. I think so. It's not for me, but you're an mm. individual. So if you're happy, mm. I'm happy. I, I think that's something I've learned in the years, not to just be gracious with people and wish them the best. And I'm always trying to do that. I've seen other models and they've got clothing lines. I send them messages and go, mate, you've done so well. To get it to this point, is an incredible achievement. Well done. Now, I may not even be thinking that, but I want them to actually to have that positivity. Yeah. And just go, yes. And it's it's so nice when people do it. Yeah. But that's it. And we are losing that. You know, we, we, we're we just losing that just general bit of kindness. Why are we losing it? Do you think we're so obsessed with, I mean, I'm putting it basically, what we're going to bloody post in the next post or what we're wearing to get X amount of likes, X amount of shares, we're moving Maybe. so quickly you that we're not actually properly thinking? No, I think people do react quite quickly, react too quickly, or yeah. have an outlet to be able to react too quickly without thinking about it. I think that's why that's a massive problem. And you're not speaking to, of course, a lot of everything now with social media, is you're not actually speaking to a person. Would a yeah. lot of these people actually say things to those people's faces? No. No. Of course Never. not. I see the benefits... Of, of, you know, of, of, it's an incredible tool, social media. It's also an unregulated tool. Yeah. Um, I've seen the other side to this. I mean, the amount of people are, we have to get Instagram and you know, sort of Facebook to take down because they are fake. They are now I've verified all our accounts and everything else. But people are still falling for that. People are still conned by it. I had people saying, oh, I got a message from you saying, donate to my charity. I've just sent it. I've said, guys, it's not me. Now, that person could be taken off and 10 seconds later started again. Started again. That is insanity to me. Well, it wouldn't be allowed in any other sphere of... How would it? No. Yeah. In your brand, when you look at brand, and I'm obsessed by brands, forget identity, their legacy, identity, the whole thing, a full-rounded brand. Is that what you've got in mind for your new business in terms of... it's? I've heard you say, you know, it's not just the five squares and what you're putting on there, which I think that with social media, gosh, isn't it brilliant to start a business? I mean, Holly & Co started on Instagram. I frigging wish not on the high street had Instagram. Oh my God. We had a frigging emails, right? We had emails and dial-up, right? It's, but isn't it nice to have started before? Yeah, it actually you know it is. I mean? like it yeah. is. Because yeah. I almost feel that we land grab because we had to work so hard to get our amplification, yeah. which was PR at the time, and it was emails. Mm. It was, I used to, should I say this? I can say this now. But maybe if someone sent me accidentally an email, you know, with lots of people CC'd, <laughs> I might have accidentally uh, copied it and put it into our email subscriber list. And then when maybe someone maybe went and did some work with people and they had like the entire company's one, I might have taken that and put it into my email. Now we're going back here, yeah. but that is what I was having to do. I was do hustling. Do. I was yeah, doing absolutely. I was doing what needs to be done. Mm. And there was no put up an image, get 
200 likes, you know, nothing like that. How are you building the brand to make sure that it is going to withstand? Do you know what, you know what I'm trying to say? That it's not just on that sort of the social ride. No, I, th- I think we have that for me being hopefully, and I'm not saying to be headed on, for me being the founder. Yeah. I think that's one of the great, we, we, yes, it's a new brand and it's well where. But you've been around. Been around. So I'm the like, the nice fundamentals. For a long yeah, time. Oh, I've been around far too long. Um, <laughs> You know, if people understand what I stand for, it's what it's what Wellware stands for. It's what the team stands for, and you know, even down to the point now where I've always made sure we have charity partners, and you know, the whole team have just been walking with um, River Hawkins for Humen, um, the Rise of Sunshine walk last week, and the whole team was there Sunday morning at six o'clock. Brilliant to go and raise awareness for the male suicides, which was over you know four thousand six hundred, and we all sponsored that, and we all gave a big discount to all the walkers that. That, uh, that that finished it and uh, were you know part of it, and I think that's been that's a nice part of the legacy to continue that. And I, I do, I do like brands you feel are giving something back, and you can support that by, mm-hmm. you know, not just buying their product. You they are doing something supporting. Yeah, and it's, it's a major. I'm not sure where. I mean, I talk about mental well-being. I've been on the you know, BBC News and ITV and all these things talking about mental well-being. I can't tell how it's going to go at the moment. Whether we are all opening up and we're whether we are talking more and men are talking more or whether there's just no one listening anymore. That's but, interesting. Am I completely part of the wrong trail? I just think we are so, we communicate more... Than ever. Than ever, but through machines, not face-to-face. And now we've got the pandemic where work and offices made people get out of a house and move and get on in a yeah. car, on a, on a plane, yeah. on transport and speak to people and go and have a laugh. You never know, someone's smiling at you just can make your day and yeah. you spread that you know you, you those those roots grow and other people smile and then when that when you don't have that zoom is not the same mm. and you can see if someone if you go into an office you can see if someone might not quite be right and you can do something about it even if it's having a beer with them or buying them lunch or going but you know it's that means something to someone and it's, this might be those little elements that could save someone and having to talk to them you know getting it through how do you know if that's that that individual is stuck at home and they're on a Zoom meeting? What happens with no camera on? We want And when they say, "What is it? Eighty percent of our communication is not done non-verbally." Yeah. So yeah. you're so right. How can we? I, I hope I'm so wrong with that theory. Yeah. No, I, I no, really I think do. It's really I really do. But I, but I am. And the other side is just, I don't see people listening anymore. I see this polarized more than ever. It's either left or it's right. Mm. It's black or it's white. And there's no middle. There's no compromise in the middle. Mm. It's either you're... And, and then it's quite sort of aggressive side to you not mm. agree. Not you, why aren't you agreeing with me? I don't have to agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely. I've, I've got some of my closest friends. We're completely odds with our political views, with our religious views, with everything else. We're still best mates. Yeah. We can have constructive conversations yeah. and laugh about it afterwards. And but still But it seems to be getting other. worse. Yeah. But it seems to be getting worse that people aren't doing that. So you can, we're all saying to men, you need to talk more, which is so obvious. Men are crap at talking at the mm. end of the day and we need to open up more, but it takes people to listen. That's the thing. Yeah. Who do you talk to? And that's the other side that sort of worries me a little bit. I think it's sometimes can be a little cop out by saying you need to talk more and that's great, but you need people to listen to it in the first place. And yeah, my, my mum is my outlet. You know, yeah. she is, um, she worked uh, at the Samaritans, you know, she, she's probably where I get that sort of 
element of wanting to give back all the time. And I probably tell my mum stuff I should never tell my mum. But she never judges, she listens. Mm. Never tells me how to solve it. She's just, you know, is, is that person that you just want to talk to. And it's just a, you know, it's a great outlet for me. Do you think that you'll take your company into that area? You know, in, in a sense of, like, I feel like that's the brand you might be creating. You know, this, when I talk about brands of the future, you know, brands of the future are ones that are full of passion, but purpose. They have to have a purpose far higher than their utilitarian positioning in whatever industry that they're in. And when you look at the great brands out there, that's exactly what they do. You know, you look at someone like Patagonia in your field in in, fa- in, in fashion or whatever. These are businesses that could exist without almost what they do because they've built a brand almost for doing good or doing purpose as much as to buying a coat. And maybe you're going to be that of the UK. I'd like to think we could get to that point. Well, you and, and, and definitely. And doing. So, I mean, that, that would be nice. I mean, we're, we're trying to look outside the box always, and something I've always tried to do, and think, how can we do this? You know, how can, how can Wellwear really benefit to that element? Not just donating to other brands, but how can we yeah. really make a difference? Yeah. So, yes, we, we would like to do that. That purpose is it's interesting, actually. There's a saying, if you don't know your purpose in life, follow your passion. Because your passion will lead you to your purpose. I didn't know that. Something like that, yeah. I Very good. Was, Whenever I go good. to say a quote, I get it completely ass around tit. We'll see it. Ass around tit. Ass around There you go. My mum will be in fact, she gets all her sayings wrong. My granddad used to go, oh, it's the bees, oh. it's the bees whiskers. And I'd be like, sit there going, I know that's not right, but I can't think why that's not right. <laughs> they're they're called in my office and my yeah. family, Hollyisms. 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 Yeah. It's just, it's great. It's when you've realised you've said a few words in front of a thousand people incorrectly, but you've been saying it for 20 years like that. And you're like, are you joking me? Why is it not a damp squid on your head? A, a squid sitting on your head? Yeah. That's how you would feel. What is a damp squib? <laughs> squib, isn't it? That's how it's said. Anyway, yeah. I've had such a lovely time. I mean, I Thank actually you. just think how lovely. You just can sit on my sofa. With a dog. With a dog, the fires the on, everything. Lovely time we've had. But it is that moment where I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I always end my podcast with. Yeah. Okay. So you're five weeks old on this roller coaster. Yeah. So it's all right. You're not, it's not too battered around the edges here. You, you wait. So what would you say so far has been your greatest low on this journey? On the well-wear journey? Uh, no, I'd say all of it so far. Uh, the biggest low, I think first of all, I, I try not to, I try to move on from lows and negativity. Never really look back, try and learn from them. Any low is caused by other people, I have to say. So there's not been one particular thing. There's a lot of trying to move from that male modelling side to get the credentials to move up into whether, you know, slowly, slowly. And even doesn't matter what you do, Holly, you know, I can, I've written for the Telegraph and Vogue and Vanity Fair and I've done this and got my bit. It doesn't matter. You're still like, oh, still David in the... Still the model in the white pants, really, though, aren't you? So, like, it's that kind of point. And to, and, and what people's, people's sort of perception. perception, yeah. And going back to people, I've, and I won't mention names, it's not even my part of it, but one of my biggest inspirations in this industry really belittled me once. Mm. And it was at a dinner, 
He wasn't in front of people, it was just him. And I always say never meet your heroes in some ways, but I think that that, it didn't affect me in many ways, but it, it was just a bit of a low at that time mm. of going, oh, did you need to do that? Yeah. At, at that point, and it was uh, that was that was a little bit hard to take. Some, but it taught me not to be like that at the end of the day, just to yeah. encourage people. So I learned something from it. It's not a major low at the end of the day, but uh, I can hear though that your job has all been so visual for everybody. Mm. Like we see you, we think we see you, and then for you now to be doing something, you know, I can imagine that that's exactly what we were talking about. People who sort of want to sort of maybe wish you not well and to maybe underestimate you, but let that be at their peril. Maybe they're right. I mean, <laughs> we'll soon find <laughs> That's out. your imposter syndrome. <laughs> no, it's more like let that be, you know, their, their undoing. Let that be yeah. their undoing. And tell me on the other side of things, I mean, I can only imagine what you're going to say. Greatest high. I mean, you must have had some seriously frigging cool moments in your yeah, life. Yeah, I have. You're like, Properly pinch like yourself, properly. pinch yourself moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, sort of in the industry-wise, it was kind of though because I'd been there for so long, it had taken six years to kind of get there. Finally, shot light blue with Mario Testino. We're on the we're on speedboats back. Now, this is how everyone perceives that the fashion industry is, but I'd never seen it like this. And finally, I was like, and we had just shot light blue, which you kind of got the feeling it was going to be special. But, you know, I thought. Okay, so this is this is this is what I've been yeah. waiting for. <laughs> I think it. that's the coolest. <laughs> I know you're. Gonna, I, mean, I hope you're going to have another high so in terms pretty. of your business. But just yeah. like, can we just take spend a moment here? I don't think I've been able to anyone else's high has got like that. <laughs> it's like you're talking to the guy who jumped off the cliff into the water and then the speedboat back. Yeah, yeah I mean, you must have just sat there going. It was. Yeah, that was sort of pinch yourself moment but it, but it but because we would work so hard up yeah. to that point the moment we pressed go on 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 well where was a, was a massive thing and i know everyone kind of says it as well and and uh but i mean biggest highs in this and i know and i probably don't get it from the business side is but it's the giving back side as well when you can do stuff for other people now we just had something recently with um and they're called uh dogs on the streets and they look after all the homeless dogs um, and, and the people that are homeless. And they have their own vehicles and they go in London. Uh, I follow them and I've done a bit of work with them. But they all their cars were suddenly had all the ULES charges on it and they literally couldn't afford it. They were like, this adds on £7,000 to our each year and they're special vehicles so we can't get new ones and we're not exempt. And the mayor is not exempting us. And I called them up and said, or I sent a message and said, how much is it? Like, is it how many vehicles, blah, blah, blah. And she said, and she said well, it's our volunteers, but our two major vehicles are going out. I said, right, well, I can't have that in December, so well, well, we'll pay for all your ULES charges throughout December. Now, to be able to do that as a brand, do that as an individual, it's not high. But to have to be able to do that for people is is lovely. You know, and and, and just that, you know, and it's given them a stand as well to say, right, and, and hopefully giving people an example. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I actually met the mayor at, at, at Sadikhan the other day. Actually, he was at the British Fashion Awards. And did you mention it? No, I. I <laughs> Hi, been, we're just I here with all I was, these lovely, glamorous people. Do you need another argument today? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe leave this one that, at midnight tonight. Just go home, go and have some dinner. But that's the biggest high. And then, of course, my, my, both my daughters. I know probably everyone says that. I know I've, I've listened to your podcast. They do, but 
yeah, you can't get over that one, do they? It's, it's, no. uh, it's just remarkable. It really is. Just to have that, that, that thing you or that person you've never met before and they become the sole purpose. It doesn't, you know, to me, it does not matter what's happening anywhere else as long as, the, you know, as, long as they are happy. Yeah. And, you know, and contented at the end of the day. Oh, wow. Congratulations, by the way, on everything. Honestly, Thank I know you. I know I've said it in jest, but I do think you're on to something Thank really, you. really remarkably brilliant. And I think that also you seem like you're going to, and, and from meeting you, a leader in kindness. And I think the more of us there are, the more we can pave the way, the more we can set the examples the more we can change the narrative of business. It's not all about what investors say in their bloody term sheets. It's actually, <laughs> you know, it's actually about walking the walk and not talking yeah. the talk and doing it. And yeah. that's what it feels like you're doing exactly here. And you've had such an amazing career, but it almost feels like you're just beginning again. And how Thank exciting you. for you. Thank you. Yeah, it is an exciting time at the moment. So it's that time of the podcast where I'm going to ask you, to I think I can see it next yeah. to you. Read it's a letter. It's awfully long, actually. This one, I don't know. Brilliant. Uh, well, the longer it's, the it's better. Not, we love a good long. long letter. Read a letter to your younger self. I don't know what it's going to say, but thank you so much. I, I, I do have to say, I, I, I sat in front of one. I knew I, I didn't know I had to do this, and Izzy told me I had to do this. And in typical sort of manner, I went, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Is that you? What <laughs> I don't you want to do it. Everyone says that. I'm scared that. of it. Basically, yes, that's I, I, what that, everyone that's basically, says. So. I sat down and it was late at night. And as I said, everyone's still communicating. It was about one o'clock in the morning. He says, how are you getting on? I said, well, I've eaten a packet of biscuits and had three gin and tonics. On. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not much on the page so far. You know what? No one's actually admitted they didn't want to it, but everyone says exactly the same thing, which I know is the hissy fits that they've had doing it, right? But then whenever they do do it, they say, you know what? I never spend a moment ever thinking back. And mm. actually, it's been a really nice thing to do. But I know that people are busy. So bless all 130 of them for doing it. And bless for you, three gin tonics and a pack of biscuits. That I sounds know. good. Yeah, we yeah, had a nice evening in the end. It was, um, so, I mean, God knows what I've written. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you. Dear David, I'm writing to you and I know... You are at your most vulnerable and need an arm around your shoulders. You are 14, sitting in the school library during lunchtime. No friends, bullied and no support. The only form of escapism is the James Herrick book where you have your heading and the only bit of kindness is the librarian letting you eat your sandwich in there, even though they know there's a, no, a strict no-eating policy. But she can see you have nowhere else to go. Well, mate, here's the good news. Life gets better. So fantastically better... If I can tell you things you'll be doing in 10 years, you wouldn't believe me. I'm not going to tell you what you'll be doing or how you even get there because life is for living and that's the biggest lesson you'll ever learn. You only learn from making mistakes and boy, you make some. However, never have regrets. Just learn from them and don't make them again. You are a dreamer, always have been, and I know you feel in your heart that you are slightly different from everyone else. But you'll also feel that anything is possible, that you want to challenge yourself, you want adventure, you know you won't settle for what is perceived as normal. Never lose this curiosity or passion. Without passion, you will not find your purpose. I know you feel like you have never fitted in and a bit of a loner. Well, I, I wish I had better news for you, but you never actually will. However, you will learn that being alone doesn't necessarily mean being lonely. In many ways, you're always going to be on your own. 
You will push the boundaries of what is possible in the industry. You will succeed in, but only you can do this. Don't think anyone is going to do the work for you. Your determination and drive are some of your best qualities and will take you far. You hate school. It feels claustrophobic and controlling, but persevere. In a few years, the good people will reveal themselves and those friends will be with you forever. It's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be shy. It's okay to be reserved. You'll find many people in life use a lot of words to actually say very little. Your observations are a far more effective tool. Here's something to remember. Never argue with stupid people. They will bring you down to their level and beat you with their experience. Do yourself one favor though, don't bother with university. This will be the only time in your life that you follow the crowd when actually you've many more options and it's a mistake. Get out, see the world, follow your passions. The James Herrick book is a good clue. You're not an academic, you're a grafter. And where you will always come out on top is thinking outside the box and working hard on everyone else to get there. There are no shortcuts. In life, life actually starts after the school bell goes. You still don't know what multiple equations are for. That's fine. No one does. Don't worry. They are frankly useless. People will tell you that you don't listen, you are stubborn. Good. Seldom anyone will actually have anything particularly encouraging or any good advice for you to follow. Many just don't want you to succeed in the first place. Follow your passions and your instincts. It's better than you think. You are naturally a very kind person and always think of others before yourself. In many ways, I wish I could warn you away from this and tell you to be more ruthless. People will see the kindness as a weakness. They will try and succeed and take advantage of it. At school, this is called bullying, and it doesn't stop in business or life. In business, many people do not care about being kind or thoughtful. They don't put them themselves or others or in other people's shoes. They think of money and getting a win at any cost without consequences. That's not you. You may think you're insecure, but it is the people that try to make you feel bad and abuse your kindness that are the insecure. You are, in fact, incredibly strong. Always remember, be kind to people every day in every walk of life, not because they're who they are or what they can do for you in turn, but because you can. Just a few things to finish off that will not only help you, but will also save us both some embarrassments along the way. Number one, when you try and get into a pub for the first time, age 16, look down. You'll have odd shoes on, and you won't notice, but the doorman certainly will. When you learn to drive and your best friend says you can take a roundabout at 60 miles an hour, you can't, and neither can I send Senna. You're an idiot. When you go on your first date, we're called Fran. Don't drive her in your beaten up 10-year-old Fiesta. Both door handles break, the electric windows will fail, and you'll be stuck in the car inside. Take a taxi. Then there might actually be a good chance of seeing her again. People say nothing good happens after 2am. That's crap. Stay out. Have fun. Make memories. Lastly, I know you lie awake at night and worry. This won't change. You will always overthink, overworry, and overcommit. This is called anxiety. It may sound strange, but the anxiety is what's going to push you forward to succeed. Just don't let it get hold of you. Now and again, ease up. Forgive yourself. Save the journey. It's not always about getting to the destination. Just take a deep breath. Take it in and enjoy the moment. I'm so glad that you wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful letter. Thank you so much. No, it is absolutely gorgeous. And the thing is, is that, you know, you must have this a lot. People probably perceive that they know you because we've seen you so much. But actually, I really feel like we've got to know 
so much more about you today. And I know that everyone listening is just going to be wishing you so much luck with pom-poms and cheerleaders all (laughs) around you because we need people with your heart to have business. And um, I'm just truly, genuinely excited to see what you're going to do because I think it's going to be it's going to be awesome and it's going to have impact and um Thank you, everyone. yeah so you've got a you've got well you know you've already got a uh, a walking billboard here but uh <laughs> but like That's even I'm, more I'm so now <laughs> thank you thank, thank you, you so you much for having me. Really thank, you. thank you before you go don't forget to head to holly.co to be in with a chance of winning a brand new dell technologies XPS laptop and a whole host of other goodies. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if it's helped you along your journey or inspired you, would you mind rating and reviewing? Your support means the world to me. It really does spread the word and will help inspire even more people to build a life they love. And if you want to hear all our latest news, you can sign up to my weekly newsletter, Holly's Desk Notes, over at holly.co.